from the director who brought you Smokey and the Bandit, Hooper, Cannonball Run, comes the ultimate spectacle. Megaforce, an elite compact fighting unit armed with the most sophisticated weapons ever seen on a movie screen. And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the two true freaks internet radio broadcast. The good guys always win, even in the 80s. Megaforce. Chris Honeywell is an internet loudmouth. Smokey and the Bandit was pretty good, but I think it would have benefited from less charismatic leads. Hated and reviled by his few remaining friends, he catches the attention of Thomas DJ, perhaps the world's most cunning supervillain. Ensconced in his ultra-scientific hideout, with only his robot army and stunning assistant to keep him company, DJ springs into action. What is this idiocy? Virginia, use the molecular transmigration beam to bring this fool to me! Virginia trains the hellish mechanism, and with a clap like thunder, and in a blinding psychedelic light, Chris Honeywell stands before his tormentor. Normally, I do not suffer fools, but I see beyond the yawning chasm of ignorance that is your brain and the endless sluice of sewage which is your mouth that they form a basic animal intelligence that I may be able to mold to my own devices. Uh, okay. Therefore, in my mercy, I offer you two choices. Instant painless disintegration, or you study grindhouse movies at my feet now! Choose! Uh, I choose not disintegration. So be it. In one month, I shall assign you a movie to watch, and will summon you again. Be ready! Or the consequences shall be swift and merciless. Right, but how do I get to the... Now go! And thus began one of the most dangerous and unpredictable endeavors in evil sciencing. The Honeywell Experiment! Virginia, summon the subject! Oh, okay, Virginia lady. Usually I get transported somewhere, but... Uh, 14 hours in a car is something different. With someone who doesn't talk to me. And I like <laughs> to talk all the time. So, what's... Where where are you going? Virginia lady, where are you going? What? Oh, God, I hope this is DJ.
like motorcycles. Oh, maybe I, maybe I can have a flying motorcycle when this is all over. No flying motorcycle for you, monkey. Uh, <laughs> no. Can we just oh, meet in the base? Oh, hi, moons. Hello. Hello. How are you? <laughs> the moons got to ride the flying motorcycles. Yeah. Yes. Yes, because they're not lab monkeys. <laughs> I just saw a video of an orangutan driving a golf cart all over the place, so don't give me no shit. Rattlesnake! Uh, that that's our butler! <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice gold lame suit, by the way. <laughs> yeah, did you guys have to dress like that? It's <laughs> rather I revealing. Have I have so many theories about this film. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell when he was dressing to the left. I'm just, I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> Bit of separation going on as well. So, so, so we're we watched this this month the most, what I think is pretty much the first poetic film ever made. What do you, what do you mean by that? Okay. So, uh, bugger you, buy more toys. Yeah, poetic. Yeah. It is a it was a phrase that was introduced by Joel Schumacher in his elaborate apology slash commentary on Batman and Robin. Oh. He tells the story that early on in production of Batman and Robin that he was called into the, the offices of the producers and was told that he had to make this next film toy etic. Uh. <laughs> There had to be lots of new stuff that they could make toys that kids can buy. Yeah, you because you said something like that at the time we were watching it. Was, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. I bet they thought they were going to sell so many of these things, <laughs> and they sold nothing. There was a on Marvel Comics during that time for months, months and months and months. The back covers were either. A poster for the movie Megaforce or a poster for the video game Megaforce for the Atari 2600. Oh, yeah, man. sure. There were plans for a toy line. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> did, did they actually ever make any? Because I've never seen any turn up. Of kind of... Never seen them in the wild. And I've mm. seen some really, some really <laughs> weird ones. I've seen um, Classicus Hyden's toys in the wild. Oh, they're super rare. Yeah, I've seen I, I I worked for exactly four hours at a discount store back <laughs> that long. Oh, back sometime in the eighties. And this discount what one of the things this discount store was selling was Clash of the Titans toys. So I got to see them firsthand. <laughs> Maybe the movie just tanked so badly they just didn't want to know. <laughs> but I know. I think it was. I think what was it? I think it was Ravel. Was scheduled. Oh, the, all the, people. The the, the <laughs> Yeah. Were scheduled to to do the toys, but don't quote me on that. Uh, but yes, this is Megaforce from 1982, the first of one collaborations between <laughs> Hong Kong movie makers Golden Harvest and. Good old boy movie maker, Hal Needham. Mm. <laughs> you told me all about him. Yep. What other shit did he come up with? We're smoking the bandit, oh. Hooper. A lot of things normally involving cars crashing and Burt Reynolds. Uh, oh, <laughs> right. 
Yeah. And, and yeah, this movie could have used Dom DeLuise. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> oh, Absolutely. <laughs> I will say, I will say that I think um, Smoking the Bandit, the original, is a great film because it's yeah, basically yeah. a film long pie fight only with cars yeah. instead of pies. And it's mm. it's it's sort of a uh, it's a throwback to like the the Rat Pack days where you have mm. a group of friends. We'll all get together and probably we're all drinking and carousing and having fun and made the movie and just had a good time, you know, had a good time. They all like hanging around each other and like getting paid, sort of like an Adam Sandler movie, I guess, in a way, too. But yeah, corrected. But not this movie. (laughs) I don't think there actually were toys made. Oh, Mattel. Produced Vertibird and Hot Wheel play sets <laughs> featuring the Megaforce uh, vehicles. And considering they have more personality than the characters. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think they, they, they made them, but I think their design was more like 70s futuristic than 80s oh, yeah. futuristic. And I think that might have been... It was very glam rock. Yeah, glam rock. It reminded oh. me of like ma- those made-for-TV CBS '70s Saturday morning show. Do you remember Arc yeah. Two? Yes, with, I remember the, Arc Two with the talking ape and the, like the the vehicles <laughs> in that reminded me a lot of Arc Arc Two vehicles. You know, very sort of squared yeah. off Star Trek shuttlecraft looking right. things. And, and the thing is, is that that the 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 coloring the the, 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 the trade dress for all these vehicles, like I said, very, very glam rock. Yeah. Lots no, of bright not, colors. Not camouflage, like no. they hinted <laughs> that they hint that maybe like they could camouflage themselves. Oh yeah. But yeah. that, that, guy that never pays off. Or something and well, it went black. Well, that's not gonna camouflage. It's gonna be yeah, yeah. black it, spots okay, on so, the ground. So when it when it when the sun goes out, then basically they turn oh, black. Right. That's all right. Mm. <laughs> or maybe that is seeing whether a giant hat that goes over the vehicles. I thought he was going to no. throw the hat on it, and the hat would disappear because, no. like, the it, it would it would be like a chameleon type paint job or something like that, which still wouldn't have made sense, but it would have made more sense, I guess, than yes. what they did. Also, if the if the vehicle sort of did a chameleon thing with the background, you know, mm. like yeah. Or their hologram thing paid off in any kind of coherent what, manner. What was that all about? It did nothing but have a night uh, a gag with a woman with a bikini twice. Like yes. they, they were like, look at it, look at they're they're watching us, but they're watching the hologram. But you're still there, you know. What, yeah. what are you talking about? The coordinates are still the same. Um, that this was part of a because apparently in the 1980s, Golden Harvest really wanted. To get into Western the Western market, okay. And, um, and the sad thing is, I've seen almost all of these films at different <laughs> points in my life. Um, some of the others included the the, the first uh, English language Jackie Chan film, The Protector. Oh yes, yeah. Which hey hey we want to we want to break this new uh, martial arts star let's not let him do martial arts yeah yeah exactly yeah you gotta hold off a little bit you know <laughs> Night eyes 
the um, Canadian film based on the James Herbert novel. Oh, yes. What was it called? The Deadly Eyes. No, I don't know. Based very loosely, very loosely very on rats. Really? It's actually yeah. fascinating because it's like you get the impression they want us to mistake Toronto for America. <laughs> that happens a lot. I've been, uh, been to Toronto. <laughs> in that movie, they also want you to mistake small dogs in costumes for killer rats. <laughs> I swear to God, you can hear those rats barking in some scenes. <laughs> our, our dog would love that. Do rats pant? I don't. <laughs> wag their tails. They definitely don't wag their tails. It's <laughs> actually kind of decent called I Wrote to China, the one with um, Magnum. What's his name? Tom uh, Selleck. Tom Selleck. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that is a good movie, actually. Yeah, that. yeah. That's quite good. Yeah. So yeah. so this was part of their, their push. And Megaforce was supposed to be Golden Harvest's Star Wars. Mixed with like James Bond, I guess, but with with, with head uh, a a lovely um sort of beige beigey blue yeah oh well, baby blue that's what I'm trying I'm not even having that much well they were drink. they were doomed the second they hired Hal Needham because <laughs> Hal the Hal one, Needham is a weird director yeah the one thing you could be assured of is that the stunts are going to be kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, no, he'll come up with some inventive stunts and but film them in a very bland documentary oh, style. It, yeah. it, it was so dull, this movie. It, it, that stupid well, bit at the end where he does that 360 on that motorbike. So, yeah, I think you're right, though. I think um, it's a Barry Boswick and the other guy just took the piss. <laughs> if, well, there was I someone this, definitely I, taking the piss. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought Barry Boswick looked like the singer Harry Nielsen, but, yeah. like, I want to see this movie with somebody digitally just putting Chris Elliott, the the comedian, in there playing Barry Bostwick's role, and then it would take on just a whole other level of of satire. But, like, how neat him. We have had Henry Silva on this show, and both times... <laughs> They are. It's Henry Silva taking the piss and just deciding, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna have fun." <laughs> well, then somebody told him. Somebody told him have a southern accent mixed with a Spanish accent, a mm. Hispanic accent, and uh, yeah, do that. So is, and, and... is Henry Silva the the blonde guy? No, no, he's no, he's, he's, the... he's his rival, rival frenemy. His frenemy. Oh. Yeah, the evil general Guerrero. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right, right. Oh, he was, this is also a waste of a uh, Persis Kambata, who one of the most beautiful women of her time. She, she's mm. beautiful, mm. but boy, she cannot act. I'm sorry, <laughs> they were very wise in Star yeah, Trek. Well, she had a, a, a robot very quickly. She had absolutely <laughs> nothing to do in this movie, though. She showed no. up. I remember looking to, at you once in the movie. I said, why was she even there? <laughs> well, they, it's they meta it too. They, 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 they she's like, I'm in, I'm in the, I fight with my, with the army myself. And then they're like, yeah. oh, blah, blah, oh. blah, little lady. And then she proves it to them. They go, yeah. and he, I'm sorry, you, 
I, I, I embarrassed myself by having you prove it. You still can't go. And it's like, and then I thought, okay, okay, well, here's, this, here's the part where she sneaks, sneaks in and goes with him, you know, or whatever. It makes the movie interest, gives the movie no, something she interesting. she just vanishes and comes and back then, at the end. And a job for a, 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 a woman in a stunt suit and to put Persis Kabata and put Persis Kabata in the tan suit. Of all yeah. people that doesn't get to wear that tan suit, it's her. <laughs> and she can't act. And so why not? It, it's Hal Needham. He is not. He, he just makes this movie is basically Smokey and the Bandit. He makes propaganda movies, but they're propaganda movies just for whoever the star of the movie is, like the main <laughs> character. Mm. Yeah. So basically, Megaforce just... I mean, there's no tension in this movie. They just charge through everything. They're just like every everything is a victory. The only the only setback they have is when the government's like, "We're gonna be officious here and and put you to blah blah blah," and we can't let you into our borders because then you would be seen as an act of war. Yeah, and, and it's like, oh, yeah. So, but but did they make a big deal about how nobody knew who Megaforce was? So who do you know? Yeah. Whatever that for that reason. But anyway, that doesn't matter because it's, it's Megaforce. <laughs> but there's no tension that he they just it's the the he is a flawless leader and yeah. and yeah. never never fucks up and the only things that go wrong are out of his control and then he turns it back to his own advantage and that's it there's never a point where you're like ooh mega you know nobody in megaforce dies as a matter of fact when one of the stunt drivers wiped out they made sure to put Hal Needham on going whoa that guy just wiped out but he's okay oh, whoa. <laughs> we'll put that on the blooper yeah. reel at the end yeah. of the movie yeah. you know yeah. and, and, and just, don't worry folks nobody all the good guys are going untouched in this movie, and it's like, okay, well, th then uh, I guess <laughs> I don't need to watch the rest of it. <laughs> We're looking at this film when the time came for those uh, for for the the redesign of GI Joe. Mm. Well, I did think this is GI Joe, the BG years. <laughs> <laughs> Do you reckon they marketed that headband that he was wearing? <laughs> And we mentioned somebody else who um, this just was one of the final nails in the coffin of his career for a good long time. Michael Back. Oh yes, uh, the second that? Texan. Oh, was he? Just... Oh, Texas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. he was fucking awful. <laughs> I just wanted to kill him. Michael Back became super hot after the Warriors. Mm. Oh, right. Yeah, that's where yeah, I knew him yeah. from. Yeah. Then he yeah. did this, and then he had Xanadu, <laughs> and he touched I want to. I want to believe that Xanadu and this exist in the same universe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Michael Beck's character in Xanadu is actually Dallas, having retired from Megaforce. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's trying to trying to go incognito. Right. All I, I didn't see this in the eighties, and like this is how stupid I am. I always thought this was a Chuck Norris movie. <laughs> 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 like, oh, I'm, watch, I'm watching my first Chuck Norris movie, and I'm like, oh, Barry Bostwick. Look, where is he? Poster. <laughs> he looks. He's drawn a lot more quote-unquote heroically than 
um, Barry Bostwick is. And every time he opened his mouth, he would, I, I, all I could think was, he knows he's in a piece of crap. Suppose <laughs> <laughs> he he's in a high, what, what will become a high camp object unintentionally. Oh, yeah. So I got very strong what? Freddy's Revenge vibes off this. Yeah. You know that like, the famously the Nightmare on Street 2 sequel, um the director uh, slipped in um a very obvious oh, camp and gay very, subtext. Very, um, I think someone on this on this movie in. was doing the same yeah, thing. Because yeah. I mean Ace Hunter's parachute I is see. a lovely rainbow. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> then you've got characters yeah. appearing against a pink green screen. Yeah. yeah. And, and then, then that scene with the bikes and oh, the multicolored smoke. <laughs> what the hell was that? I mean, Hal Needham said we want red, white, and blue, and some yeah, we have purple yeah, and pink, pink and, and sky green. blue, and the it looks fabulous. <laughs> spectrum is uh, is yeah, in mega force. Oh, well, that's why no and no girls allowed on on no, missions. No, no, oh no, it's a uh, it's a boys' club. A boys' club. <laughs> the entire movie. <laughs> This film fails the Bechdel test. Something fear. <laughs> because she is the only, only female human being. Yes. And the only reason she is there is so Barry Boswick has somebody to do this to Nas. Now, don't forget mm. the hologram of the Hawaiian woman. And they, mm. talk, they talk about having sex with women a lot. And every time they did you that. You know what would be fun, guys? Having sex with a woman. As was it um Farquaad says in Shrek. Do you think I oh know Shrek? Do you think he's trying to compensate for something? <laughs> <laughs> um, now here in New York, I don't know how it is around the world, but here in New York, if you take your thumb and you put it in your mouth and you do a motion like that, you're you're telling somebody you suck and come by. <laughs> Here in New York City, that those feminine and fighting words. Yeah, well, not, ain't, they ain't in New York City. <laughs> I, I don't know where they are. I, I just expected Michael Beck to come up to Persis Combatant one by hands off. She, he's mine. <laughs> Listen, lady, you're new here and you don't know the way things work. <laughs> I, I, I kept watching it going like, oh, my God, in the 80s, I remember being in the 80s going, man, I'm glad that we've just gotten past that cheesy, cheesy period of the 60s and 70s. <laughs> and, and we're in the in the non cheesy 80s. And then I watch this and just go, oh, well, well that, yeah, just, oh. the thing about about this film is that even though they like to remind you on several occasions, it's the 80s. <laughs> yes, I noticed that. Like, yeah, <laughs> the good guys always win, even in oh, the eighties. Yeah, it's so amazingly seventies. Yeah, the mm. only thing they would need to make it more seventies is a lava lamp. <laughs> and, uh, although, and although Barry Boswick's costume though, is very 80s mm. I mean when we watched it last night I said you put him on some leg warmers he could just blend into the yeah. Olivia Newton-John physical video <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> in, in yeah, that the soundtrack is super suit. 80s oh, I have one confession to make <laughs> I did once own a jacket very much like the dress uniform jacket it was oh, the, a big triangle red, on it. the big red oh, triangle. Yeah. It was purple and cream. 
<laughs> but it did have a big, big flap. <laughs> that was very 80s. It was. Uh, yeah, the the I, blouse on jackets were the yeah. calls. I can't remember. I just remember I, when, when I, she I, opened the door I, and, and he came in wearing that. I just pissed myself laughing. <laughs> You say his trousers shrunk in the wash. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, this film is very 70s. Um, their uh, attitude towards other races is kind of mm. a little. Not as bad as the one we're going to talk about next month. Not not as bad, yeah. Not as bad as other movies were at the top because yeah. they were they were also playing the like we're we're an international consortium of you know all the best from all the peaceful countries in the world yet it was just america america um, uh, you know like like that skydiving sequence oh. that was like half real skydiving sequence half <laughs> for green screen she's on her back and she's spinning around like a bloody um the turtle that's been knocked over <laughs> yeah 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 that was that sort of reminded me of the Team America puppet sex. Yes, scene. yes. we said that. Yeah, yeah. It was just yeah. It was supposed to be super sexy. It was supposed to be Superman. Can you read my mind? And it was just <laughs> yeah. pure America. cheat. It, it might have worked if they just did, did the stunt, you know, and stuff. But they had to go trying to green screen it for the close-ups mm. and skydiving was done by Jerry and... Well, Sylvia was divorced from him at this time by, by 1980, right? By Jerry Anderson and it's um, it's like two members of Terra Hawks. Would it have been better? Although it does, was filmed in Introvision, which is my favorite vision. Yes. Oh. <laughs> what are the others? <laughs> a green screen. As soon as he jumped out of that um, Klein, I said, hey, comes the green screen. <laughs> In, introvision means lots of green screen and bad dubbing. Yes. Oh. I was amazed. I, I looked up and found this film cost $20 million. In 1982. Star Wars in 1977 only cost 11 <laughs> <laughs> Where did the money go? It went up someone's nose. That's where it went. <laughs> They should have put it into the script and Buckaroo Banzai'd it, but no. Even though there the were v like eight names on the script, so you mm. knew it was... Uh, does anyone want to guess how much it actually made? Uh, well, I, I did look at I know. It made five million back. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I can't imagine the reviews. I, well, I remember the reviews. Yeah, the reviews were not good at all. I can't imagine how they would have been in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> From Barry Bothwick, which to me makes it super clear he was he was having a laugh. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Picture deal to cover cover sequels. So mm -hmm. he really said, man, this is a turd. But listen to some of the stuff. Listen to some of these quotes he gave out during interviews. He <laughs> The pentagram, the, the pentagram, the Pentagon <laughs> tried to stop the movie by withholding 40 army tanks needed for the bigger battle sequences. But the movie Strike Force was very close to covert CIA strike forces still in existence. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, here's, 
Here's another one. You know what's good about this film? It's plausible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, the, so there's some guy in the CIA looking at that and looking at Persis Gambetta's guest room, going like, "That is the exact guest room in Strike Force. How did this get into this movie?" <laughs> oh God! Uh, but he's it's. We need an international force like this to keep the peace. I wouldn't mind betting that one day there's a real mega force operating somewhere in the world. Oh, I mean, we came close at Space Force. Oh yeah, we got Space Force. Oh, Space Actually, Force. Space Force is the 2022 version of Mega Force. If you want to get really <laughs> Mega, Mega, Mega is 80s, man. Mega is 80s, and in in the 2000s, we'd have to be like, well, Space Force or Hyper Force or something like that, mm. you know? Oh, by the uh, way, Cyber Force. Mattel designed the clothing, <laughs> so you're there to blame. For the, but, and I, I oh my god, what, they look like the clothes that you put on a 12 inch action figure. Yeah. <laughs> the reasoning in the mind of the, one of the screenwriters in that the costumes were supposed to be gold. <laughs> but, but they shoot in such high, you know, with, with, with a, a lot of light thrown on it. It gets walked out and becomes this kind of like this kind of like, beige. Kind of like <laughs> there's some really weird color palette choices. I mean, oh. it's like the the, uh, the the bedroom they give to uh, their, their visiting dignitary. I mean, yeah. it looks like she's in a bathroom of a 1980s nightclub. <laughs> I was looking around for the, you know, for the guy with like this, you know, the scent dispenser, you know. (laughs) Right. But there's also later on lines of coke or something off the mirrors and. But also in a few shots near the end, for some reason, Hal Needham suddenly decides, let's let's use some filters. Mm. And it's kind of then someone said, Hal, Hal, no, this is Nevada. We're not on an alien planet. We don't need to do that. All right, I'll stop doing it then. And it's like, how did that get through? Well, there were filters when they'd show them from one angle, but on yeah. other angles, it would just be regular mountains in the background. And it's yeah. like, okay, I guess that's where the painted mountains end, right? Yeah. Right there. Right there. And, yeah. and I like how the painted mountains are just sort of colors with it, like straight line across, yeah. you know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Very orange, orange, orange. Okay. Back to the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. It, it, it was this is post this is you know five years after star wars mm-hmm. everybody wants their own star wars oh yeah no universal try you know had Battlestar galactica and star wars didn't like it and, and sued them um yeah. but but this was supposed to be mca mca was the uh releasing co- was the distribution company mm-hmm. this was mca's star wars this was their big where there were going to be toys and lunch boxes and coloring books and stickers and there was there was a video game and that was about it so <laughs> i mean the, i mean there like, was merchandise they, though okay if you go into IMDb, there's a review written by a guy who worked on the catering. Yeah. 
<laughs> and he says he's got a garage full of um, pendants and stickers <laughs> and T-shirts, all with the uh, the catchphrase they hope they catch on. Deeds, not words. Emblazoned I, always, I always remembered that catchphrase though because the video when I play I did play a good amount of the video game at my friend Chuck's house and it would flash deeds not words right before each each screen where you'd fly yeah, your flying motorcycle and it wasn't a bad game the, the Atari 2600 <laughs> was it? it was, was sort it, of was similar to the Empire Strikes time? Back game. Oh. Oh my god, but but there's a reason why Golden Harvest said, you know what, you can you can keep the Western market. We'll we'll, we'll just <laughs> yeah, we're fine. No, we'll go on. <laughs> so they took a well, big, they, they big lot, fifteen million loss oh, on this. Yeah. Cool. The, the the two thing I think though that, that Bostwick and um Silva are are the, the quote unquote saving graces of this film because they know that they're just like yeah. uh yeah, this is this is an unintentionally homoerotic um, movie about a bunch of guys living underground mm. who get <laughs> on their motor- <laughs> buggies and motorcycles. Yeah, yeah. They have target practice with coloured balloons. Oh, God, that, that was that was something. Like, okay, you have to shoot the thing and pop a wheelie at the same time. It's like, what? You have to. You have to in order to get them up in the air like that. Mm. I know. I know. That's what I couldn't work out. That's just making it more difficult for them, surely. Yeah. My God. I I, I swear. It's easier to aim the whole bike. (laughs) (laughs) I am willing to bet that at some point Edward Mulhair, during filming of this, was going... What the hell am I doing with my life? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'll. I mean, the, the the the. I mean, if the CIA was really like this is our technology, then mm. then then give it up, man. Because if you have bikes with like <laughs> six guided missiles on the front of them, one uh-huh. bullet to a guided missile is going to make that yes. bike go into a giant mushroom cloud. So, good work, guys. And you're shooting up balloons for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, the Ruskies, the Ruskies were ahead of us in balloon technology at that time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> was I the only person who was was expecting Edward Mulhair to be in on it with Henry Silva? Uh, I, I got I, that vibe that there was something off about him, but it was, yeah. it was one of those plot threads that just that didn't, didn't go, go anywhere. anywhere. No. Yeah, he just showed up at the beginning, showed up at the end. What did he get? Did he get his helicopter blown up or something? And she thought it was very funny. Yeah. <laughs> it was because it was carpeted and she-she. Yes. Right, oh, yes. I spent a lot of time on that aircraft. It's worth the money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, gosh. And, and this... The, I, I remember this coming out. Uh... And disappearing very quickly. <laughs> uh, I remember that mostly it was in drive-ins. And the thing is, it's it's you're right. It's just dull as dishwater. If they would have made it for kiddies, if if uh, I mean they could have probably had some success, especially if they're trying to make toys. 
But it like if I was a kid, this movie would have been boring. They could have yeah. made a more exciting movie on this budget, just as stupid. They could have made it just as stupid as this one, but like geared more towards a kid's brain. But this one had like, you know, I mean, I guess it was kind of childlike the 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 like macho bantering between them that made no sense and stuff. But it, it's it, yeah, it just doesn't flow at all. What it lacks a good baddie, really. Yeah. I mean, for like so to, to be properly toyetic, you need a proper baddie. And oh, we'd all seen Star Wars. And oh. We had, God knows, we had a number of Star Wars clones. We had some guy in some sort of skull-like gas mask. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they kind of just an old army buddy with a big beard isn't yeah, really cutting no, it. No. Although it would have been great to have a uh, Henry Silva action figure. You know, there's probably not too many of those. <laughs> I have some good news for you. Chris. Yeah. There is a Henry Silva action figure. <laughs> is there? Of him has uh, the character he played in Dick Tracy. Oh, oh okay. I that was in Dick sense. Tracy. Yeah. <laughs> he was Influence, I think, was the name of the character. Okay, that makes sense then. Okay. Because yes. I've, I, I mean, I have to look for that because I've already got, I've already got my John Goodman. Um, Fred Flintstone, you know. So. <laughs> Go right alongside that one. Yeah. Was that the the movie Dick Tracy? Yeah, yeah. Seen it. It's, it's interesting. It's interesting. This one is one that fascinates me because because it, it, it has its origins in another country. And I'm just fascinated by how other countries look at our pop culture and interpret it. <laughs> well, I mean, they got they got some. I mean, Hal Needham is definitely, you know, he's American pop culture. So they they yeah. they got him. But then you take him out of you take him out of. Well, basically making Smokey and the Bandit over and over again or, or Cannonball mm. Run or whatever, you know, the same movie over and over again. And all of a sudden, he's got to like make this redneck chase movie, you know, in an international military situation. And he still like he still basically does it. He's just like, OK, instead of two fat Bubba cops, we'll have these guys on the motorcycle in the sidecar. Oh, God, yeah. Useless and unfunny. That's where Dom DeLuise would have come in. Yeah. Because when I was a kid. I watched Smokey and the Bandit and Captain Chaos or whatever. Mm. Yeah, yeah, whatever yeah, one yeah. Captain Chaos was in. Whatever, oh, we watched yeah. it for Dom DeLuise because he was mm. the yeah. funniest to us as a kid. Burt Reynolds was cool, but he yeah. was boring. Yeah. You know, he was. It was yeah. like, ah, good. We want Burt Reynolds to win, but Dom DeLuise mm. is what we're waiting for because yes. he's going to goof around, you know? And yeah, those guys were not physical oh. comedians. No, they, they, they were definitely going with some sort of like comedy Nazi vibe, and yeah. they kept, yeah. but it's just kind of they try to sort of running joke, but instead of being running throughout the film, they did it in one long boring sequence. Yeah, yeah. Yes, like, what, yes. What are we doing with this? I mean, I do think Hal Needham. I think you know he needed a, a, a crew of actors who were prepared to actually go, Hal, this is rubbish. Yeah. Let me improvise something. Yeah. We'll just have a laugh. You film yeah. it. Yeah. And because that's what makes the cannonball run and the original Smokey oh, and the Bandit yeah, yeah, were, exactly, is yeah. that that chemistry tell. between the characters and mm. you know, I don't think it's down to Needham's direction. I think it's down to the to the cast yeah. 
pulling it together. Yeah. You know, we're yeah. in here. But Barry Boswick is and Henry Silver are kind of they're out on a on a on a limb really. Yes, yeah. uh, with very thin material to work with. Yeah. <laughs> and the people in Hal in Hal Needham's other movies were real buddies and had real chemistry mm, like yeah. for, for years and years and years. So and it played out on the screen. I mean, after a while, it got a little bit tired, you know, it, it got a little rote. But at the same time, that they definitely had that chemistry. This was like your standard, you know, group of actors. And they had and so they're there. They're, the, the script is written and probably that script would have worked with the cast of of Cannonball Run or something mm. like that. Be, mm. And because they would have they, they, there would have been some improv and some, you know, and some energy put into it, but this was just like a, these guys. Uh, this was people collecting a lot of people collecting a paycheck, <laughs> <laughs> or a hefty paycheck as well. Yeah, they all got kidding. all got a share of the budget. <laughs> I mean, they, they 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 built some big sets too. You know, there were some there were some matte paintings, but there were some giant sets in that thing. I can easily because if we put Burt Reynolds in the Ace Hunter part, right? Yeah, he would have played it off mm. as a lot more charismatic anyway. Yeah. With Jerry, um, yeah, his sidekick, um, how come I can't remember his name? He's he's a country singer. Has Dallas. Mel Tillis? Tom DeLuise has, has Egg. <laughs> Doesn't it? I would want to actually, I'm, I'm, I'm picturing all this. I want Dom DeLuise in the sidecar, like fumbling around the, the, his binoculars and stuff, slapping his would... side, slapping his sidekick in the back of the head, and yeah, no, no. that would be. Hey, um... And Roger Moore as as the main villain. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, okay. Hey, and Barbeau has Sarah. Okay. Yes. Mm. See. That if you wanted to trade up and keep the non-acting, go Barbara back. You, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm I'm thinking Barbara because she was dating. I think I'm still kind of fuzzy about the Adrian Barbeau dating timeline, but I know that for a period of time she was with Burt Reynolds. Just before, just before she met, um, just before she met John Carpenter. So. Mm. <laughs> they were probably on their way out, I think, by the time this film was being filmed. Mm. Reynolds and, and uh, Barbeau. Um, she ditches him for Hal Holbrook and gets eaten by a fluffy monster in a crate. Oh, hang on. <laughs> Which, who was that? <laughs> Adrian Barbeau in Creepshow. Oh. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's like, okay. for you. Uh, this is from Hal Needham. The great man This was to, to publicize the film. It's like no other movie ever made before. And the machines... That's true. Yeah, well, he's got, he's got a good point there. And the machines we've built are extraordinary. There's one other thing. Although there's a lot of action, you don't see anyone get killed. I think people are getting sick of that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> that that was punchline. It was kind of like the A team in that way. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. I thought that. Well, the thing is, I felt this had a real strong sort of TV movie pilot yeah. vibe. That, yeah. yeah. 
this would lead into a, a TV series yeah. like the A Team. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Needham was, I think, it was on the money there that people wanted the big action but didn't want it to be bloody and violent. And that's where the A Team really cleared oh, and cleaned up a couple of years so. later. Yeah, yeah. I mm. remember watching the A Team and they were getting chased by someone. They opened up the back of their van, shot a bazooka at the car, the car yeah. blew up, exploded, <laughs> flipped over twice. And then you see the smoking remains of the car, mm-hmm. and they dubbed in the voices of someone going, Whoa, that was close. You okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. We're all okay. Oh, yeah. Have you guys seen the, the, the Bandit TV movies that Hal Needham directed in the 90s? Oh, no. No, uh, I, I'm aware of them because they turned up in I, video shops over here. Really? Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> And he's still doing that shit in those movies. I think he only is capable of doing one thing in his movies, and that's setting up, like, setting up stunts, forming a movie around them, and then just having people storm through the stunts yeah. <laughs> while palling around. Well, I say I thought even the stunts in this were a bit lackluster. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, I watched Smoke, the first Smoking and Bandit fairly recently mm. and i was surprised how well it had aged because yeah. it still has a wow factor because now we all these sort of cast are done with cgi and yeah. cheaty stuff like that this was all done by maniacs for real <laughs> yeah and it still has like a wow some nutcase did that that's like, brilliant like you know? when we watched um the original mad max yeah and that was all done no safety factors in those days no but, but Frank Miller also knew how to set up a shot a lot better. Yeah. Like, yeah. like Hal Needham. Like, Miller, Chris. George Miller. <laughs> Frank George Miller. Yeah. Yeah. Did I say Frank Miller? Jeez. Entirely different film. Uh, <laughs> but, Frank, like, Miller? Uh, Frank Miller knew how to spirit. set up a shot. What? And like, and with the car chases <laughs> yeah. in, 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 in those movies, like that sort of documentary style worked a lot better because you're working on the you know, everything's on sort of on the road level and stuff like that. But like, even like, it reminds me of Brian Trenchard Smith. Even he knew he was a big stunt guy. He he didn't, he wasn't doing the stunts like Hal Needham, but he knew how to set them up. You know, he knew how to make them cinematic looking while Hal Needham's look like you're watching a documentary on a really Mm. cool stunt, you know, inserted into the movie in this one, especially it was more seamless and, yeah, I mean, the, the, the thing about stunts, you're right, right, Jim. The thing about stunts in the, these is that these are people actually doing this shit. These are oh, people yes. going, I wonder if I could do this. And, <laughs> out, and mm-hmm. that's why you went to see James Bond in the 70s. Because mm-hmm. you knew that somebody was going to do something fucking nuts. amazing in the first two minutes yeah yeah, yeah. The, the the big ski jump oh yeah, yeah. at the start the of spider love 15 me. minutes yeah. were going to be a sequence that that yeah. kept you kept escalating you know mm. like a star wars movie you know it was a formula mm. or or the corkscrew in uh the man with the golden gun oh yes yeah you know of course the the uh, the free fall fight in moonraker yeah. Which I'm sure Hal Needham was think of thinking of when he said, "We've got to have a free for all sequence, oh. but they'll be dancing, not yeah. fighting, because oh. people are sick of that <laughs> shit." 
Quick, you, get on that table, but I kind of like the idea of a redneck pacifist director, though. You know, it's that that wants to do international war movies. Yeah, you, you know what? We, we watched it. We said it is like Evil Thunderbirds. <laughs> <laughs> and then later, when I did some info on actors, was an influence on on Team America. Well, uh, not... well Megaforce <laughs> is a massive human rights nightmare. Jim, hmm? go for it. I have a quote for that about about the connection <laughs> between <laughs> between Team America, World Police, and Megaforce. America, fuck it. To wit, in the DVD introduction to the season two South Park episode, the Mexican staring frog of southern Sri Lanka <laughs> graphically describes Megaforce as if it were the plot for what the viewer is about to see. Matt Stone stops Parker mid-sentence and reminds him that he is describing the movie Megaforce and not the episode. A disappointed Parker remembers and says, we should have done Megaforce. That was a sweet movie. We should have done that. <laughs> oh, and so they did. Yes, they did. They did that. They smashed it together with some Jerry Anderson. And and that they got. Fuck yeah. Well, yeah. That, that, the big battle scene in the middle where they go and take out that installation and the tanks in the town. Yeah. And basically, the only tactic is tear around, tear ass around and blow the shit out oh, of everything. Yeah. No strategy. You just go in there, let's just destroy everything. And I was, I was thinking, just flashbacks yeah. to the, the Eiffel oh, Tower Eiffel scene Tower. in yeah, Team they America. In a good action movie, you know, you have the scene where they set up and they go, okay, we go here and we do this and we do this. Yeah. And we're going to go in there in four minutes, and then we're going to destroy it. They're not going to know what happened. Then we get out, and then something goes wrong. Something goes wrong, and it it doesn't go like that, and they have to improvise. But no, this one goes in there. They even give you a handy little four-minute counter to show how (laughs) perfectly efficient they are. And then they do exactly that, and it's just like, okay, so is this movie going to be... They were supposed to be going in... Who are these people? <laughs> yeah, th- this movie is just going to be a, a sequence of people describing how they're going to kick ass and then doing it, mm, and then yeah. the end. <laughs> that, that pretty much spells it out. I still don't get the whole um, different colors on the motorbikes. That what what was that all about? It's like <laughs> it looked fabulous. <laughs> the the only thing that the only like thing that like truly mm. impressed me on a like. Wow, how did they do that scale? Was it the end when he was do- just the stupidest flying motorcycle uh, sequence ever filmed? And he does his little flip before coming in. And and uh, and I always, as from a little kid, I've always hated movies that like beat you over the head with your reaction where you have all the people going, yeah, yeah, as uh, <laughs> something's going on. But when he gets on the when he gets on the plane and somehow they cut in 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 camera from the uh, rear projected <laughs> Barry Bostwick to Barry Bostwick on a motorcycle rolling in on the plane in real life and i was like how and he was sort of in shadow for half a second and then there he was rolling out and i'm like oh they pulled that off really well they must have had him on like a something to raise him up right into his <laughs> into his projection but 
a gimbal of some sort. Yeah, yeah, but that 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 effect came off pretty smoothly, even though it was really cheesy with the rear projection. It was like, okay, that was a nice little bit of like trickery. Oh, Everything God. else was just painfully <laughs> clunky. Get some just bad green screen. Hit, hit the nail on the head. It was just painful. <laughs> well, it was like some TV shows had better special oh, effects at the yeah, time. Yeah. That's why I was script, staggered by the budget. Acting. It was kind of like, really? Yeah. <laughs> Two million of coke and hookers, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, so, so, yeah. I mean, at least we can safely say it's about 90 minutes. So, once again, relatively painless. You will probably not regret watching it. Felt like what? It felt like longer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does because it. Uh, it, it if, you, if you say so. As, <laughs> yeah. as Chris said, it is paced so miserably. It's oh, terrible. Mm. So, you don't have to watch it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Well, you can tell there's a you lot watched it when you were younger, didn't you? I've seen this about four times somehow, but <laughs> drunk. <laughs> it, keep, keep, it keeps haunting <laughs> me. This damn film. <laughs> oh my gosh! I am sorry. I did not mean to traumatize you by making you watch this again. It was worth it because Trish hadn't seen it, so okay. <laughs> I, I got the first-time reaction yeah. of someone new to the the magic of Megaforce. <laughs> turn around to him and say, "Do you? Is there any point?" It's going to be that? like how I <laughs> when you, me, and Teresa finally sit down to do the commentary for Cats. I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> Well, whatever you, it's it's for your guys' show, so you, you're the one who's gonna have to tell. Uh, <laughs> commentary. I, yeah. I can't wait. Mm. Go. Oh, uh, yeah. That's See? gonna be. I'm gonna this get is... so many bottles of wine in. Oh. You gotta do that soon. Yeah, I'd lose a lot of weight too after that if I was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. You notice she disappeared after that. Are you funny though? Yeah, I think a lot of them did. Oh lord! But uh, Chris, would you tell people to watch Megaforce? Yeah, but I'm an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely would. I, I I I mean, it depends on the people, but I know the people who would want to watch mm -hmm. it. And you know what? They probably have watched it before me. So, <laughs> but yeah, I I I would. It's uh. It's an experience. It, it, it best maybe watched in a group rather mm. than watched alone all by yourself with oh. a cat in your lap. <laughs> or a dog. Or a dog. Oh. Mm. It's 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 not quite the same experience. I think Jim and Teresa had the, the, the peak experience of this group mm. by having someone to bounce off of <laughs> and to like help you through, you know. Mm -mm. <laughs> It's a, it's a shared experience. The thing is, a lot in this it is absolutely unintentionally hilarious. Yes. I mean, yes. it would be fine movie for a drive-in where you're out on a hot date, you know? <laughs> it, it is definitely, uh, and forgive me for saying this, a, a weed and pizza movie. <laughs> definitely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, or I mean, you could alcohol it too if you're, a, a, you know, a little, little uh, alcohol if you're not weed, um, you know, 
weed adjacent. Weed adjacent. <laughs> 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 Definitely not. That's sorry, it just got legalized in our state, so I'm just finding out exactly how many people are weed adjacent in <laughs> Eric's state now. Cannot stand the smell. It literally makes me. Well, I, I now feel bad for making you for making you watch this, Jim. Um, you don't feel bad for making me watch it. Never. Some of the crap that I you feel know, bad for made me watch. Yeah. <laughs> this is nothing. Yeah, I, I feel I feel bad that that you did not suffer when I showed you Queen Kong. Oh, Queen Kong was great. Oh yeah. 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 No, we we watched that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Threatened me with a good time. <laughs> <laughs> the world's uh, biggest I, picnic table. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, you know that that woman we were talking about, um, who whose whole uh, career was impersonating Queen Elizabeth, she had a birthday recently. Well, I can't remember her name, but there's a lo- yeah. famous long-serving woman who's always impersonated the Queen. She's got the oh. top. Uh, she doesn't actually look much like the Queen. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know, working. man. Now that they've whipped out the hologram Queen, I don't think anybody can compete uh, anymore with hologram. No. Hol- Hola Queen. <laughs> Hola Queen. Yeah. Uh, so, um... I think Pen- Pennington Beer's going to be the next monarch. <laughs> now we need a hacker to hack the Holo Queen to turn her into a lizard person every few seconds. Oh, then the, she, as she cruises oh, down the street. Was it David Icke? Yeah. I was right. Just, you just for once or twice, just to have the David Icke fans out in the out in the street going, Did you see it? Did you see it? <laughs> yeah, and then and then switch back again. No? Yep, yep. <laughs> quarter of a second of, of lizard in there, just enough to just like yeah, get a little bit of invasion of the body snatcher scene going at the end. <laughs> so, um, well, you want to see? Okay, okay. Let me see. Queen Kong didn't phase you, which amazes me because that that film was brutal. <laughs> it had a giant. It had a monkey in it. Giant Another monkey. monkey. Talking dogs and monkeys, man, automatically mm. like add like five points out of ten to any movie, <laughs> if not more. Depending See, on how much monkey and how much talking dog there is. I am now determined to, to try to find a monkey movie to make you suffer. How about another British monkey movie? You know what I'm oh, talking about, Oh, throw right? it at mm-hmm. me, man. Mm-hmm. Throw it at me. Come on. Here we go. Okay, okay. So so we are going... We're going to... Next time, the the moons will stay with us. We're going to have some tea. We're going to have some tea. Chris, you're going to make tea and, and serve it. And if you don't, you'll have to answer to Virginia. And we're going to talk about a very British horror film. Probably the most British. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Starring the guy you got when Christopher Lee said, nah, this is too low rendering for me. (laughs) (laughs) Am I wrong? Oh, no. No, very, very on the money, I think. He's one of the glue that binds British cult TV uh, and cinema together. Yes, yes, very much. He's like the force. He is. <laughs> he is. The man who is who is both a a major villain in both the Avengers <coughs> and mm-hmm. Doctor Who. <laughs> Two of my favorite British things. We are going to watch 1961's Herman Cohen's thing. 
Tonga. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds giant monkeyish to me. Say that now. It's, no it's already got a it's already got a five out of ten right now. Sight unseen. It has a mon- it has a, a a monkey that changes species when it gets bigger. <laughs> well, we're just adding points now, aren't we? <laughs> dig up this American international released film here in the states. Mm-hmm. And go! <laughs> Visit our website at two true freaks.com. Two true freaks is always spelled T W O. T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. Despite official denials by leaders of the free world, sources now confirm the existence of Megaforce, a phantom army of super-elite fighting men whose weapons are the most powerful science can devise. Their mission, to preserve freedom and justice, battling the forces of tyranny and evil in every corner of the globe.